Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. All right, I have a wonderful episode for you today. Now, there's got to be so many times that I have been in my support groups or, you know, a part of this new support group that we have, which is the SYKM community. And I have to say the discussion of you know, addiction being a disease or a choice comes up almost all the time. It is incredible. In fact, so much so that I kind of just remove myself from the conversation because it's such a heated discussion. So I thought I would just, you know, try to stay as neutral as I can when it comes to this subject matter, but just bring it to our attention because it's definitely something that I thought of when I was in the the heart and the muck of loving someone with an addiction. And I was always like thinking that it was a choice initially. And I, I was thinking like, gosh, like I wish he would just choose me or like, why is he choosing to do drugs? And, you know, so I really um, learned quite quickly that it is in fact a disease. However, and you're going to discover through this conversation that um, there are some things that kind of don't strike you well when you you hear that because it almost feels like a cop out and it feels like, you know, that um, it teaches learned helplessness. And anyway, so I'm just going to jump right in because I know it's such a hot topic here. So is addiction a disease or is it a choice? right? Have you ever heard someone say that addiction is a choice? And yes, 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 I have. And I used to say it all the time myself. Um, But what I probably meant by that and what was probably meant by that is when people say that is that they, we think that the person could stop using drugs if they really wanted to, if they really wanted to get sober, that they would just stop. But unfortunately, addiction does not work that way. And um, it's true that not everyone who uses drugs become addicted, but people do react to drugs differently and that there's no rule about how soon someone becomes an addict or how long it's going to take. And it is a choice to use drugs for the first time. So that's where that choice comes in. Nobody chooses and says, hey, I'm going to become an addict. So the fact is that addiction is not a choice. Choosing to use drugs the first time, that is a choice. So science has confirmed that addiction is a chronic brain disease that happens and can happen to anyone, right? So despite this, there is still popular belief that addiction is a result of maybe weaknesses or poor choices or even just character failing. Um, So that is very common and is definitely um, 
I believed in the beginning that it was a choice and, and that was it, it really created a lot of hardship for me. So so the first time that a person starts to take drugs, uh, they might think of how it's going to make them feel. Like they think that it's going to make them feel better and they believe actually in the beginning that they can control how much and how often that they are taking a drug. So, but drugs can take away their control. Drugs can take away their control. That's very important to know. They, the, they believe that they have control over it until they don't, right? So if a person continues to use the drug, uh, after a while, they might need to take more of the drug in just to feel normal. So they might start taking more and more just to get that same high. So they're chasing the high. And then that person might keep using the drug, even though it starts to hurt their life, it starts to affect their life, it starts to affect them in many negative ways, they will continue to use that drug. So science has confirmed and science says that addiction should be looked at in the same way that we view other chronic diseases like diabetes or hypertension or even cancer. So if this is true, right, why are those diseases not regarded with that same stigma or that same shame that addiction is? So, and I'll tell you why, there are so many things kind of interwoven into this. So Addiction is a bit more complicated. Addiction is a disease that not only affects the physical body, like other um, illnesses do, like diabetes and hypertension and cancer, it also crushes the soul and it destroys them on so many levels. So feeding the disease requires a preoccupation that really does become all-consuming and all-encompassing in their lives. And sometimes it leads to deceitful behaviors, irresponsibility behaviors. It, it, it takes a toll on relationships and family commitments and work duties. Addiction is messy. And so it's very easy for us to blame or it's very easy to blame the individual for, you know, bad behavior such as lying and cheating and stealing. And, and we look at it from more of a moral standpoint, at, you know, and so rather than putting the focus on the illness that created those behaviors. So now I know what you're thinking they're getting away with it if they say that this is an illness or a disease it's almost like like yeah so it's the illness that did it it's like it's almost like um taking away it's a cop-out or taking away personal ownership of the addiction allows them just to be helpless i have a disease um so that is how addiction is a little bit different a little bit more complicated than other chronic diseases like diabetes and hypertension and and that's where a lot of the critique comes in so it's difficult to have compassion for someone um, that is, you know, presumed with poor character or making poor choices or lying to you or stealing. Uh, it's, it's really hard to have compassion. Um, so the idea here is that this disease model or the disease characteristics that underline this is actually, it's helpful for a lot of reasons. So understanding that addiction is not necessarily anyone's fault, it's a good start, um, um, to help us with compassion and to have more understanding of addiction itself, right? So it might start with a choice. So addiction might start by making choices like that. But once the brain chemistry has been disrupted, addiction is very powerful and it no longer becomes a choice because the actual brain chemistry has changed in the individual. So most people who've been to treatment centers, like for families or people with addiction, um, they follow this 
disease model of addiction. So many interventions are based on the evidence that it is a disease and that the belief is that the disease is that is based on the findings that it advances over time. It gets worse and worse. And um, once they've become addicted, the belief is that there is their brain chemistry has been altered so much um, that the brain itself is no longer the same. So it makes it extremely challenging to stop using, extremely challenging to face the the, conse- the consequences. So this idea to choose or not to choose. So if you think back to when your addicted loved one was sober, you'd find that they did not consciously make the choice to struggle with addiction, right? They weren't setting out for that. Um, So this is not what the choice theory is about, actually. That is a choice to make that decision. No one sets a goal to become an addict. At least we don't think so, or we hope not. Um, But the choice model... um, it looks at addiction from a bio, not necessarily from a biological point of view, but from a thought process point of view, right? Your thoughts affect your actions. So environmental factors like learned behavior, they all may have impact on those who struggle with addiction. So for example, if your household, you know, you were exposed to someone using alcohol or drugs as a way to cope, then your chances um, might have increased. And this may increase your chances of using and and your choice to use. So that's what the choice model really is about. And it considers more environmental factors such as poverty or, you know, things like that. And and then that it really does contribute to a person's vulnerability to use drugs. So having all that information kind of just thrown at you there, does this matter? Does it matter? So what, what difference does it make knowing this, whether it's a disease or an illness? But it's incredible because what you believe may affect how you view the addicted loved one in your life and how you view their potential sobriety. So for example... If you think that substance abuse is a disease, it may lessen your sense of disappointment, anger, resentment, and it might raise your level of compassion. So, but if you view um, addiction as a choice, this might deepen your levels of frustration and anger and resentment, and it might lessen your compassion. So, and then on a larger scale, right, it can impact how we, how scientists and how interventions are happening and how we view things. So it just really does make a big difference. It does matter. So there are some who believe that addicts who have accepted that there's a disease model, they almost use it as an excuse or they're acting like a victim. So with some, it may encourage this idea of helplessness or their sense of responsibility is like, oh, well, I have an illness. Um, So that's the main critique of the disease model. All right. So the bottom line here is whether that you believe, you know, that it's a brain disease or it's choice, the addict must take the step. So whether it is true that it's a brain disease or whether it is choice, the bottom line is, is that the addict must take the steps to control and stop the addiction. It is out of our control and it is in the control of the person who has the addiction. That's the bottom line here, whether it's a brain disease or choice. It's important to understand that addiction changes how the brain functions, which is why willpower and just stopping cold turkey will not work. So us being armed with this information can help us be a little bit more understanding of, you know what, it's not, we can't love hard enough to make it stop. This is an actual 
you know, the struggle is real. So it's no longer a choice at that point. So, but the addict does have the, it can, your addict in your life can choose to get help, can choose to recover, can choose to stop using. So we have to choose to let go of the control, let go of that idea. And the bottom line is too, addiction is a treatable illness, right? It's a blend of choices and an illness, So despite the evidence, your own personal experience and your worldview can shape what you, what you believe, right? About addiction, whether it's a disease or a choice or a blend of both, your view can really empower you. And the key is to understanding how addiction works and just empowering you. Knowledge is power, regardless of it being a choice or a disease. I really hope that you're able to just focus on you and what you need to do to take good care of yourself. It really comes down to you. So I hope that's helpful. I know it's kind of all over the place with that one. Uh, It's definitely a heated discussion. Of course, I'm open to your comments and suggestions, and it does go back and forth in my mind as well. Um, But the bottom line is, is that... um, Addiction is ugly. It's terrible. It is so hard to love someone with an addiction. And that really is the bottom line. So we need to just take back our own power, focus on ourselves, build our own resiliency, and just do what we need to do to take good care of ourselves so we can find our own strength, tap into our strength, and also live a life that is, you know, has some joy in it and experience that wonderful joy for ourselves. So I am sending you guys hugs. I have experienced exciting news as well. The savingyouiskillingme.com website is probably live at this point of when you're hearing this podcast. So I would love for you to go over there. I've got freebie giveaways and all kinds of stuff there. And we are starting SYKM meetups, which are going to be wonderful, positive meetings where we can meet like-minded people focused on you, not the addicted loved one in your life. So I hope you can pop into some of those meetings. We would love to have you. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidal.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.